I went out to a local little barbecue spot, man. This is North Carolina. There's a lot of good old boys around here. I told him straight away. I said, Rick, I would love to purchase this thing from you, but there's no chance. We got to talking back and forth and over several months of good conversation, we settled on a $1.4 million purchase price, $300,000 down, 0% financing, fully amortized. <laughs> and that's where we landed at. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. What up, what up? Welcome to or welcome back for another episode of the Action Academy podcast. And you know who it is already. This is your host, as always, Brian Lubin bringing you the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps to earn freedom in your business and life today. So before I introduce you to this absolute stud of a guest today, I know that you're absolutely dying to support my mission of growing this Instagram to 10,000 followers or more. And uh, unfortunately, guys, we got to do TikTok. We got to do TikTok. It's 2022. We have to. So go follow on TikTok and Action Academy Podcast on Instagram. But let me earn your follow today with this freaking rock star of a guest, and that is my good buddy, Ed Byler. Ed resides in North Carolina and is the ripe old age of 23 years old, has 58 rental units that are cash flowing like crazy. A lot of them are in bulk from a mobile home park. And guess what? He did not bring a lot of money to these deals. Actually, he brought mostly none because how did he fund these deals? Through private money. Is it, was it from hedge funds? Was it from Harvard or Yale where he went to college? No, he didn't go to school. He got a GED. He worked at an auto shop and he had one of the guys that worked with him at the shop to fund his first couple of the deals. And then he met a guy at a barbecue joint <laughs> that ended up selling him his mobile home park portfolio with 0% interest, people. 0% interest. This dude is a rock star. And in this episode, he goes over a lot of valuable information, such as the power of relationships, how he networks, what his long-term vision is, and how he executes it piece by piece, how he is able to overcome limiting beliefs on timelines that are self-imposed by most of us about how we have to work a decade or two decades to be able to have massive levels of success and go big. He just started big, now he's going bigger. So this man has got a seven-figure portfolio already at 23 years old. If he could do it, you can do it, and let's get to it today. If you haven't already, please go leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm talking to you specifically. Yes, you that's listening to this right now, you directly. I'm looking at you. I need you to go leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much, and let's get to it. Ed Byler. Right. Ed Byler, welcome. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me on. No problem at all, man. Welcome to the show where I ask smart people questions and then shut up. <laughs> You're like, just guide me, man. Just guide me. Tell me what to do. No, it's, it's, it's awesome having you on. We, you were introduced to me through one of my good buddies, Sean, who's also coming on this show. And uh, I know you're a little older than the typical person on the show. You're, you're getting into your golden years, right? Yeah, absolutely. Getting into my golden years, turned 23 back in November. So 
in my golden years, baby. Got it. Okay, cool. So my man here is a retired power lifter, now just living his best life <laughs> in mobile home parks. So 23 years old, financially independent, absolutely killing it, murdering it on all fronts. We are going to dive so deep into not only your strategies about how you got here, but how you got here in an accelerated rate, man, because it is super fascinating to me, not only your portfolio, which we'll get into the back half, but in the front half, everyone has this idea, right? Of how far out things need to be for success. We all have this predetermined timeline. So talk to us about that, man. Talk to us about your uh, background, introduce yourself to the people and tell us what got you up to this point. Yeah, of course, man. So I don't know like how in-depth you want me to go like with background and such, but grew up pretty poor and at a really early age, like I saw some financial struggles in the household and such. So I wanted to learn how to be rich. That was that like, that's what sparked everything. And so I started reading some books and I saw real estate as a common theme throughout them. So I was like, I guess I got to learn about real estate. And so that like 14, 15 ish is when I started learning and real estate was my gateway into that. And uh, yeah, I was just reading books as I could. And I think I was 17 when I found the Bigger Pockets podcast, 17 or 18 when I found the Bigger Pockets podcast or the website, or it was something like that. But it, it was relatively like they didn't have even close as many episodes as they do today. But I hopped in there and started listening to Bigger Pockets, and that was kind of what kicked everything off. I started going to some real estate meetups and things like that, and just getting really excited and as educated as you possibly can at that age. Of course, was working full time, and I've always been taught to save my money, so I saved everything I had. What were you doing for your W two? So for my W two, I worked at an automotive shop. So I did an automotive shop. Working at an automotive shop, yeah, very basic. I started eight bucks an hour, no overtime. And then I worked there for seven years, actually. So from ages 15 to ages 22, I worked there. And so you're working in this automotive shop. That's not something that's like sexy, glamorous, fast charging, high paying. And you're over in the background reading these real estate books and already knowing that's the path that you're going to pursue. 100%. So how... So you're reading on these books and you're saving your money, but it's like you weren't making that much money working at an auto shop. No, not at all. Not How much were you making at the auto shop? So my best year at the auto shop, which was my last year, was 60 grand. Prior to that, it was like 53. Prior to that, it was in the 40s and then just on down. It wasn't much. And then so you just did that instead of college? Were you doing this with college or just for so, yeah, I decided to. So right around the time I got really serious about college, I had just turned 19. I want to take a year. So I was homeschooled the whole way through. Let me say that. Dropped out of homeschool when I was 15 to start working full time and then went back when I was 18 and got my GD. And then I wanted to take a year to figure some things out and be like, do I want to go to college? Do I not? At that same time was when I bought my first property. Mm-hmm. Right around that same time. And we'll hop into it a little bit more later, but essentially, Throughout that year of saying, do I want to go to college? Do I not? I made more money off that property than I had ever in a year. And that was like a little side thing I was doing. So that was what solidified like, hey, this uh, this real estate thing's real. No, nah, I'm not going to college. I'm good. <laughs> this is what I keep hearing recurring. We hear this and we we put 23 years old, 25, 27, 32, 37. Like even 32, 37 are young, technically. Absolutely. And it's just a matter of exposure. 
that's really all it is because like the similarities between your story and then my buddy Cody Caswa, who's 25 and he's multimillionaire now. It's just like when he was 17 and 16, he was exposed to all of this early. Whereas like we don't discover it. So I discovered it personally when I was about 24 is when I like learned about net worth, investing, real estate in general. I started listening to bigger pockets. So you think it's just probably a matter of just giving people the information first? You think there's any other sticking point after that that helped you accelerate? And then we'll get into the first deal, but... Yeah, for sure. I think probably, but I'm going to be honest, I had a couple of friends that I kind of discovered it with, so to speak, and like still love them to death, but they don't really have the same goals or aspirations and those kinds of things that I do. So I do think it is made... I think that's a large part of it is early exposure, but you also have to be willing to take the jump because it never like when it comes to your first property, your first rental, your first six unit, 40, unit, whatever, like your first big property, your first anything, it's always scary. And mm-hmm. I tend to see a lot of people wait for it to not get scary, but that time doesn't come. It's always, you just got to do it anyways. So I think like early exposure combined with that just taking a leap and taking action. Yeah, absolutely. What separates action takers from non-action takers? Because the people that are listening to this show, it's the Action Academy. That's the entire premise of this. The entire show is based around like ready, fire, ready, fire, aim. So it's you get an idea. Like my belief is that when you get an idea, it is the universe, God, whatever. It's There's a reason that idea is there because we all know that one idea about a business, about something that just crept into us when we were walking on the treadmill when we are awake, woke up, there was like a dream in the night. We're like, ah, I should do that. Like the biggest thing, advice that I can give to people from my situation is to immediately act on that. Yes. Because otherwise it's going to disappear if you wait 24, 48, 72 hours. That flame, that little ember is going to be gone. So you need to do something. Like for this podcast, I was on the treadmill at the gym. I was like, Action Academy podcast. I went home, bought the domain name, ordered a mic got everything ready. I was like, I don't know anything about podcasting, but I'm going to figure it out. Do you have any tips that are going to be in line with that about advice that you can give for people to be that part of the statistic, which is like the probably the top 5% or 2% of people as opposed to the other 95 or 98%? So to be honest, Brian, I don't have anything like super crazy. I could give the most cliche answer ever, which is the reason behind you don't like why you're doing what you're doing. You always hear about the big why, whatever. I hate that because it's so cliche, but like in reality, I think it's the truth. Because every time when I would get scared or I'd be freaked out about it or whatever, I would always think about how scared I was or how I didn't know X or I didn't know this, didn't know that. And then I think about the alternative, which is no, just continue working a job with no upside. And I was like, okay, this is the lesser, right? This is the lesser of two evils. Like I'm going <laughs> to, this is yeah. what I was less scared to do because the, the opposed, the, like the opposite that scared me more than like actually taking the leap and making things happen. And then once you, I will say, once you get your first deal or two or three or four, and you can, you, you come across the decision, do I keep on doing what I was doing or do I implement what I've learned and scale from that? That definitely, it just takes continual, like continual, like networking, meeting people, and then continual yes to any opportunity. Don't ever look at something and say it's too big. Always say yes and try to figure, like, at least give it a shot, at least give it a chance. 
Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that because, and you're right. It's like the why, but here's what I ran into early in my journey is I'm like, dude, I don't know what the heck my why is. Like when you're young, it's hard to determine what your why is. It's very easy for you to determine what your why is when you have a family. And so if you have a family, you're like, hey, I'm going to provide the best, the best future for this family that I possibly can. But like when it's like me and you, it's hard to determine like in future set that is there anything that you did to figure out your why? Or was it just that realization where you're like, hey, this is possible because you did that first deal. So you think you should probably just stumble through like grunt through that first deal just to open up the realm of possibility because for me i that's what i did i went through that first deal and i'm like i don't know what my overall why is yet but then it becomes clear afterwards i'm curious to hear your experience absolutely so i had heard like the whole start with why you got to figure out your why this comes first and all those things and like i was same position as what you were talking about like i had no idea what it was i was like oh i don't even know where i want to live man it's like I got to figure out my big why. And what I, well, kind of what I came to is that it will evolve over time. Your why will evolve yes. over time. But for me in that moment, it was because I wanted to. That was it. I wanted to prove to myself I could. I wanted to see if it's real. I wanted to see if it's real. I want to see if I could do it. And so when you break it down, it's like I did it. And my why was because I wanted to, because I wanted to see if it was real. And, and I didn't understand that at the time either. But that was the conclusion I came to was just like, no, I'm going to do this just because I can type of thing. And that was big enough for me to get my first deal done. And then to piggyback off what you said, absolutely. When that first one happened, it was crazy eye-opening. And then when the second one happened, crazy eye-opening. And the other one happened, it was like every single time it's like new level unlocked. (laughs) Exactly. And then you said something there too about the network and then being able to like just keep leveling up. I think that's key. After you get that first one, stop hanging around the people that were making fun of you for trying to attempt to get that first one and instead go hang out with the people that are getting their 10th one. Yes. Right? So is there anything you did to start changing your network? Because what, that's another big hurdle. So I'm just knocking out every single hurdle that people talk about. That's a little bit more difficult, I think, to do when you're younger yeah. because like people are like, Oh yeah, change you got to change who you're hanging out with, man. You got you're the power of the five people you surround yourself with, and I'm like, who the hell do I hang out with? What did you do? Did you, were you just going to Rias? Were you just immersing yourself in the podcast? What were you doing? I was doing all the above. So I started posting on social media some about what I was doing, and naturally that will help attract other people, um, like-minded people. I would say like the biggest thing that I was doing to go out and actually meet people was just going to local real estate meetups. Honestly, I'm an hour outside of Charlotte. All right, I'm not super close. I'm about an hour 15 outside of Raleigh, hour 15 out of Charlotte, depends on where I go. And I still go there two, three times a week to meetups in the evenings because I want to meet new people and you can find them on meetup.com or Eventbrite. That's where I find them. So you're, when are you coming to Atlanta? Let me think. I got a deal happening right now in South Carolina. Let's, I may as well just make the trek the rest of the way down. Let's do it. This guy, Seriously, Brian. Hey, tell me a time. I'll be there. Let's do it. God, I'm serious. This guy was like, this guy was like, ah, oh, how can I brush off? How can I brush off Action Academy today? <laughs> nah, dude, we'll hang out for sure soon. I've got a buddy over in Charlotte, so I'll, I'll come oh, awesome. see him. I'll swing by up your neck of the woods too. I'll come. But, uh, when you come, okay, awesome. come down. So. Yeah. So 
let's get into the first deal, man, because your first deal work and get like some framing and some some general practicalities and advice to begin with. But you didn't knock out a house hack or a single family for your first deal. You kind of just swung for the fences. Okay. So no, my first one was a single family flip. Gotcha. And that was a JV. Gotcha. That, that one I barely count as my first deal because that was just like a, it was a JV. I gave somebody money. We flipped it together. It was, it was honestly, he, learned. he handled. Yeah. I learned a ton. He handled most of everything. My first solo deal was a single family. And then I expanded from there. My, gotcha. my first solo was a single family rental. So you didn't make, so what was the profit on the first one? Just like enough to get you in the game? Yeah. So profit on the first one was enough to purchase the second one cash. There we go. And that just showed like the power of action. And you were 18, 19? I was 19. Yeah. 19 years old. Okay, cool. Before we jump into this catapult of a story that you have, so let's recap real quick. So Ed was in high school, figuring it out, homeschooled. And then he was like, hey, you know what? I really like this bigger podcast podcast. I understand. I'm listening to people that have been there, done that. I know it's possible. And then he's like, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And you didn't have, you didn't have a crap ton of money. You didn't have an insanely high paying six figure job. You were just like, hey, no, I want to do this because I want to do it. You found somebody else that was doing it and that knew how to do it. JV'd with them, made a little bit of money, got your feet wet. And then what happened? And what happened next, man? It expanded from there, man. I had bought a I had bought a single family home with a partner. Well, my partner had bought it, whatever you want to call it. Right? I had given him money for the deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and it was a flip property. Prior to so we were fixing up that house, and prior to that house being fixed up and sold, I went. I was listening to a bigger pockets webinar or something. And they were talking about like buy your, buy your first rental in 90 days or something. It was like some sort of a webinar. And he was, Brandon was talking on there about just talk to everybody you come in contact with and tell them that you want to buy real estate. If you can't find a deal, just talk to everybody. everybody knows somebody that wants to buy real estate or sell real estate. So it was literally, it was a customer walking into the shop that I worked at. And I just started talking with them. I'm a friendly guy. I started talking with him and I, I brought it up that I want to buy a house and he's like, man, my friend's got a house he wants to sell. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let me hop on a phone call with him. And so I did. And it turned out to be a really good. So that was, that's how I found the first one. And then, dude, I was 19 years old. I had some money, but not enough to purchase this one. It was a very cheap purchase price, by the way. It's $36,000, my first house. And yeah, yeah, it was very cheap. Say what? I was about to ask how you finance. Yeah, so Are you just conventional first or seller. Thing, first thing I knew to do was to go to banks and start asking for money. But it's a thirty-six thousand dollars house. There's a tenant in it, but it's in horrible condition. I don't really know how it was level when I purchased it, so it's in bad condition. And I'm 19 years old, like just started building credit not that long ago. So banks look at me and they're like, "Yeah, dude, get out. There's no chance." And yeah. I went. I would talk to the bunch of banks, had a bunch of meetings, talked to them all could not get financing on this thing. So I was at work once again, just talking like, Hey, I kind of, I need to buy this house. It's a really good deal. And my boss at the time, he was like, how much do you need? And I was like, like 25,000. I have the rest. And then I, I told him, I said, I got the house in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I said, as soon as that one sells, that'll be right about the right amount of money to pay, you know, this loan off and I'll own the house outright, but I just need the money for like three or four months. 
And he was like, I just refinanced my house. I got some money I need to put somewhere. Let's do it. And I was like, okay. So he ran over all the numbers and stuff. And he was a little older. He was like 33, 34. And um, so, yeah, that's, that was, and that was my first experience with private money. So I bought the house. Obviously he gave me the money. I paid for it. And then as soon as my house in Spartanburg sold, I just paid him back. Then I owned the house outright. There we go. Easy. It, <laughs> it, it really is. Though. It is. dude. It, it, re- it really is that easy. And it's not easy with everything. though. It really is. So yeah. it's just like, if you tell enough people, that's the power of personal brand. If you tell enough people what you're looking for, like we're going to get this podcast a million downloads this year. I have no yeah. idea how, but we, we're going to do it. Like I know Absolutely. without a shadow of a doubt, like it's going to happen because we're going to figure out something. All of us collectively together. We're smart people. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure it out. Absolutely. And so you just kept going to people over and over again. So, and that wasn't even that many people that was in your immediate circle. Like you're no, like, no. I had, I had gone to, I had gone to, I think six or seven banks, something like that. Like I'd gone to a good bit of banks, got denied by all of them. And then literally I accidentally raised private money. Like it was just candid conversation at work. And my boss happened to have the money and he was like, yeah, here you go. Go ahead. I feel like when situations like that happen, it's like the universe rewarding clarity and action. Because it's like if you're doing so what people think is, oh, I want to get crystal clear criteria. If you're sitting on the couch and you're super clear about wanting to have a six pack, nothing's going to happen. If you go to the gym and you're showing up and you're doing the best that you can, and then the personal trainer happens to walk by and you're like, hey, look, man, I don't got the money, but I need help. And he sees you in there every day. He's going to be like, yo, let me give this guy a hand. Yeah. And you're going to get it. So walk me through the transition from that deal. So now you've got the flip done, fully financed, fully paid off. And then now you're in the second one. And then what happens next? Because that's where it starts to get sexy. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So Make it that, sexy, that, man. that was <laughs> that. So that was my first experience with private money. I didn't like, I didn't understand private money. I didn't know what it was. That was my first experience of private money. So once again, I'm finishing up the property, right? So the goal was, to get the property, get the tenant out, get a rehab, get a new tenant in it, and then do a cash out refi on the property. And so before, prior to me being finished with, I got a phone call from a guy that I knew once again, from there at the shop and me talking about real estate, got a phone call from him. He said, Ed, I've got a mobile home park. It's a six unit. It's in Salisbury. Like it's a perfect starter park. I know you've been talking about wanting to buy one. You should buy it. And I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, owner finance, 20% down. And so at this point, once again, I did not have the money to purchase this. I need to like $35,000 down. All my money was in the other property. I did not have money to do it. But when I had accidentally, so to speak, raised money for that first property, or my my first solo property, I realized the power of that. And so I had some conversations with friends prior to this deal coming up about, hey, if I ever find a real estate deal and I need some money, right? Are you open to it? And he was like, and, and they were like, yes, I got a couple of soft commitments. That's what we call them now for private money. So as soon as I got the phone call, I said, yes, absolutely. Let me go check it out tonight. And I went and I checked out the property. Everything checked out. It looked good. It was value add project. Numbers made sense. Cash flow day one. So I did that, called my money guy and I said, Hey, I need 35 grand for about four months till I finish this uh, refi on my other property. He was like, come over and, you know, share the deal with me. And I was like, cool. So I went over, got it. He, we got the JV agreement or, or the, it wasn't a JV agreement, but it was a, uh, 
just a private money loan agreement. Yeah. Drafted up from an attorney and um, wired money. And I closed like 10 days later. So what terms were you doing? Because I know that was um, where you really, like this time you more so understood. Yeah. So this time I'm more so understood. I paid him 12% on his money. In okay. three. That's a good, yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So then you, so you took down a six unit to start. So then yeah. what was the purchase price of that? So 35%, uh, 35,000 was 20%. Yeah. It was $170,000 purchase price. Man, that thing was that thing was cash flow on day one, huh? Yeah, cash flow on high day one. <laughs> so, so, what made you decide that you wanted to go into mobile home parks? Because you said that you had been talking to people. So, yeah. for somebody that's listening to this right now, that's like maybe heard Brandon Turner mention it, and they're like, "Why are people talking about mobile home parks?" Can you kind of explain a little bit about why that's an attractive asset class? Yeah, of course. What attracts me personally to mobile home parks, what has in the past primarily has been owners are traditionally much more open to owner financing. So I've bought all my mobile home parks with owner financing. And then also, if you look at the numbers, man, they cash flow. They cash flow phenomenally. And once again, my goal at that point, I was learning about independent financial independence and, and things like that. So obviously, everything I did was like cash flow. I need cash flow. I need cash flow. And Absolutely. so that, Absolutely. that was really the goal. Yeah. And it's really recession resistant because yes. they're like, you're an A class. So it's, I'm talking to everyone here, but it's like for people that are seasoned investors, you know this, but like A class is going to be your top tier, like your really nice areas to live in, like the nicest area, nicest apartment, granite, quartz, all that good stuff. And then you go to B class, which is like what most people live in, C class is. But we'll make it work, like really working class. And then after that, it's just, yeah. But whenever yeah. a recession hits, it goes from the A's move to the B's move to the C's. And where's the lowest you can go? No offense, exactly. but I mean, it's like the lowest you can go is living yeah. in a mobile home, trailer park. Yep. So you're not going to really deal with too many, too much migration with the tenant base, right? Yeah. No. And so far, now. I've only purchased these in, in a good marketplace, so I have not owned these through a recession. But so far, you can't even close to keep them empty if you try. What what do you go What do you go to that's cheaper than the mobile home? Yeah, nothing. Like, <laughs> you <don't>. The bypass. <laughs> the bypass. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So, so then, how did your portfolio grow after that acquisition? So after that acquisition, so I pulled out from that first purchase. I pulled out seventy five thousand. Obviously, do the math. I needed uh, thirty five. Well, it was like thirty eight and change or something to pay dude back on the private money loan. So I paid him back, was left with a good chunk of money. The the six unit, when I purchased it, had four units up and running. So I used that cash to fix up the other two units, got everything fully rented. And then at that point, that's when I technically hit financial independence because I had plenty enough cash flow. It was covering my bills. And then, but I was living very cheap. So it's okay. How do we expand on this? So outside of that, it was... uh it was almost a year and I was looking at real estate and looking and looking and I was hoping to purchase about a 14 to 20 unit property. And my property manager actually sent me a property on Facebook Marketplace. It was a 51 unit mobile home park up here in Lexington and it's like 20 minutes from where I live. And um, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew it. there was a 15 unit expansion that was approved. So I knew I had value add there. 
but didn't know much of anything else about it. So Fair I way. reached out and that's how we started on the 51. <laughs> and then, so what were the economics of the 51? How much did you need down? What'd you get it for? And then how much was this print now? Yeah, of course. So originally he was wanting uh, 1.8 for the 51 unit, 15 unit expansion already, like plat map out, stamped by county, everything. It just needed to actually be executed. And he was wanting $750,000 down at 1.8 purchase price at a 5% interest rate. That's what he was wanting originally. I went out to a local little barbecue spot, man. This is North Carolina. There's a lot of good old boys around here and he was definitely one of them. So I just took him out to a little barbecue spot like we all go to and uh, chatted with him for a minute. And I told him straight away, like when we started talking terms and everything, I told him straight away, I said, Rick, I would love to purchase this thing from you, but there's no chance. Like I can bring 750 or just no chance it's going to happen. And he was like, no worries at all. I kept in touch. Really, my goal day one was to get in contact with somebody that owns a park of that magnitude. And he owned a lot of other real estate as well. So my goal day one was relationship. That's what it was. I didn't think I'd be able to buy the My goal day one was relationship. But we got to talking back and forth. And over several months of good conversation and talking back and forth and negotiation and everything else, we settled on a $1.4 million purchase price, $300,000 down, 0% financing, fully amortized. <laughs> and that's where we landed at. And that's, that's where we closed at. So you're telling me, man, you're telling me that if you just talk to people and you create relationships... That's how you achieve financial independence faster? Absolutely. You listen, you get somebody to believe in your mission and what you're doing. We had it. So we had to extend closing by one week on this thing prior to us closing. We had a we had a slight issue with one of the wire transfers. And so we had to extend closing by one week. And we were purchasing for $1.4, $300,000 down, the rest owner financed. He got a cash offer from a gentleman in Tennessee for $1.5 million and said he could close within a week. And he turned it down, even though it's $100,000 more in its cash. He turned it down because he wanted to sell to me and my older brother, who's my partner in the property, because of a relationship that we had. That's, that is how far relationships take you. And that's why it's important to go into something relationship-based. So for everyone listening to this, you need to throw out your book books the books are good books are good to read but you also need to do extra stuff so here's the main takeaways from today's episode go to your local auto shop (laughs) go to your local barbecue joint preferably within a 10 mile radius of the auto shop that's where you'll find financial independence (laughs) and this is the coolest part of the story man i'm making a joke about it but no serious like you weren't going to the freaking country club you don't need to be from harvard from yale you don't need to be in the with a golden, like a silver spoon in your mouth, like going at the nicest country clubs, like you went and you were at the freaking auto shop and you were at the barbecue joint and that's where you got it done. Yes, dude. Red blooded American, just like dudes that are just like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I pull myself up from my bootstraps. I resonate with this kid. Let's go. I want to pass it forward. Absolutely. I'll tell you, dude. The highest grade I ever passed was 10th grade. I still don't speak intelligently. Dropped out of home. Yeah, you're right, man. You got a G- idiot. I got a GED. I got a 74 on my GED. I'm dumb as shit. If I can do this, anybody can. I'm, I'm, and I mean that when I say it. 
Like, <laughs> I'm not special. Anybody can do this. That's funny, though. It's like, I feel like the best investors are ones that aren't. Like, yeah. and, and you are. Like, we're joking. Come <laughs> yeah, on. I mean, obviously, but it's no. like, also, it's like, on the flip side of that, it's like the people that come in with like the pedigree and they're like, oh, I'm the MBA. I'm the one. Like, I've got all this school learning and um, my IQ is so high. I'm the smartest person in the room. Dude, that's so such a dangerous place to live, man, because how are you going to accept anybody else's help and anybody else's ideas? And that's what you did. That was correct is, man, you were like, hey, listen, I'm trying to get this done. I, it's a team sport. And you yeah. recognize that like right away instead of trying to just do everything yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, that's awesome. So what's so what does that bring the total to this portfolio to now? And what does this cash flow look like if you're yeah, of course. To the extent so, that you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, no, no worries at all. So my entire portfolio right now is at 58 units. I have a like 25,000 square foot industrial building I'm set to close on April 11th. So here in another couple of weeks, but still finalizing that one. So I'm not counting that in yet, but that one's industrial retail mixed use. As of right now, it's 58 units, primarily mobile home parks, and then just the one little single family. Current gross rents, they're bringing in about 22,000 with a net just over 11. There we go, man. So everyone talk. then how long? So this took you from 19 to 23, four years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, not, yeah, yeah, kind of. I purchased that property back last year, so it's, it's been almost a year since I purchased. It. Yeah, so it was about it was about three years, including this industrial property. Will have been four. I've been involved about four now. And so here's what's cool. So it's like whenever we're doing this wealth building journey, we are we're pouring the foundation, and I feel like the stronger the foundation that's poured, the faster that you the faster that you climb. So you poured this super thick foundation where it's like you you had proof of concept right out the gate at a young age where you were like, hey, like this works. I know it works. I just did it. And then you surrounded yourself consistently with people that were doing higher, faster, bigger, better constantly and really built that foundation tight to where you know exactly what you're talking about, which then leads to confidence. Action creates confidence. Yes. You can't just fake it till you make it. No. You get the confidence to do the action, and then the action creates the confidence that brings in the money. Yes, because then absolutely. you know what you're doing. You're competent, and now, dude, I can't wait to see what you end up doing because now the rooms that you're getting into and you're about to get into it's going to be to the freaking moon. And like people listening, like he's got this big old smile on his face because he, <laughs> I, it's, I know we're he's making it sexy now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's only up from here, and I, I think. Or so to your point of what you said earlier. Yes, the other ones are cool, like the 51 unit sexy and whatever. And like the building I'm buying in Canapolis, it's big industrial retail center. And that's yeah, that's sexy, whatever. But the principles I'm using, obviously a little bit more complicated, a couple more attorneys, a couple more contracts, but the yep. principles and the systems that I'm using for that is the same thing that I used with my single raising a little money, good relationships. And, and just putting a deal together. And so like the systems I'm using for that single family are the same systems I'm using on the big ones, obviously modified slightly, mm-hmm. but at its base, yes, it's the exact same systems. And it's such a scalable process that it's, dude, you could do this with a $10 million building if you wanted to. I haven't yet, but like you could absolutely. It's the same system. 
I already see it because I've already seen this story play out enough times. All of a sudden, you're going to be like, I'm not doing a deal that less than 10 million. I'm not doing a deal less than 50. Like, I, already, I already see it coming because, yeah, it's the same, same exact thing. And now you've got a track record. So, yeah. So what is next? So what is do you, do you have more clarity on your vision and your why now that you're a couple years down the road and you've gotten some wins under your belt? Like, how's that evolved? Yeah, I would say so. To be honest with you, I'm still as bullish as I was day one. We're in, we're in a really good real estate market right now. Making hay while the sun shines. I think that's the saying or something. Anyways, I'm trying to make as much money as I can while I can, while the real estate market's good. But really for me coming up, so I, I took what I was doing and made it official and officially launched Blue State Capital about three months back. So really the process is building Blue State's reputation, not just Edwin Byler's reputation and Blue State's assets. So our goal and what we're on track to hit this year is $5 million in acquisitions through Blue State. Okay, cool. So where did you come up with that number? Honestly, we just we looked at what we had so far and then what we had access to as far as private capital and then lendability between my partner and myself. If we get a good PG on a loan, we can buy whatever, but <laughs> that's kind of let's double it, man. So it's, so for people, so let's go ahead and we'll, we'll continue this, but if people are interested in blue state capital, yeah. Okay, so is this going to be primarily still focused on mobile home, or is this going to be also going with like commercial? What's your forecast for all this? So primarily, it's going to be multifam and industrial property. Multifam and industrial. Okay, so then if people want to reach out and learn more about investing there, they already hear your track record. They're like, okay, like this kid's on fire. What do we got now? Like, where where do they reach out to? Of course, you can go to bluestatecap.com or... You can email me at edwin at bluestatecap.com. Either one. Okay. So that's Blue State Cap, right? Just yes. CAP. No CAP, that's it. Okay. Edwin at Blue State Cap. Everyone listening to this. I know we got firepower that's listening to this. If you're looking for someone that's out there and they're hungry and they're operating and they're chasing, like this guy's the real deal. Dude, right now it's ironic because money is the easiest thing to get. It is out of of anything like money is the easiest thing. Everyone's sitting on money. I'm sitting on money. Everyone's sitting on money. Everyone's Mm -hmm. sitting on cash. Inflation has been crazy. Anybody that owns cash flowing assets, any hard assets, like we've seen massive spikes. And now I'm about to run a cash out refinance of one of my properties as well. So it's just the story never ends. So besides all this, man, so like what I know that you're in the hunt. I know that you're in the chase. Obviously, there's no reason for you to stop or anything, but What's your first milestone, man? What's your next milestone where you're going to be like, like, so like my next milestone here is like a million downloads for the Action Academy. So what's your next milestone? My next milestone, I think for me personally, I would like to, I I, I think my number one goal is 10K a month, post-tax, post-everything, like vacancy, post everything. I want 10 grand a month of income that comes into my account, not business account. Too different. Of course. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. a lot of the properties that we're going to raise money for and such, a lot of that money is going to go back into the business account. That That is one of my goals for this year, 10K a month, just done systems in place, property management in place, as passive as what real estate can be at 10 grand a month. And then 
Also, I want to get to $10 million in real estate owned. Hopefully by the end of the year, but most likely it's going to be. We're pushing for end of year. It's almost. Like... Yeah, it's not going to end of the year, man. Let's talk yeah. it out. 10 million, 10 million real estate, 10,000 cash flow. There we yeah. go. End of 2022. You yeah. heard it here first. <laughs> Blue state capital, baby. No, that's awesome, man. It's really cool uh, to be able to watch all of this and watch it unfold and meet youth at the group. Dude, that's just the power of everything because we created that little, we got like a little Instagram group where a couple of us are all hanging out that are like doing stuff. And like the genesis of the group was like, hey, these guys are actually doing things. And so we don't sit there. I don't know if you've noticed, man, but we don't sit there and we're like, hey, do y'all think this is a good idea? Like, I want to do all the pro formas. I want to look at, no, we're like, Hey man, this is what I'm doing right now. Who wants in? Exactly. It attracts, it attracts other people. Yeah. I love it, brother. Anyways, man. So if anybody else wants to reach out to you for anything else, uh, where can they find you outside of Edwin at blue state cap? Outside of that Instagram, Facebook, Facebook's Edwin Byler. Instagram is Edwin dot Byler. Um, pretty easy to Google and find my phone number because I'm a commercial real estate broker. So you can also just call or text me. (laughs) There we go, man. There we go. So can't wait to see what you're doing, buddy. We will definitely link up at the next mastermind or whatever we do because you were too cool to come to Austin. It's okay. Whatever, man. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. So he actually had a good excuse, excuse, but no, I mean, it's uh, this is the power, man. This is the power of relationships, of network, because I make the joke over and over again. It's, you surround yourself with enough people like this, become good friends. I can't even fathom fast forwarding 20 years into the future with the group oh, yeah. that we have right now. So for people listening, if you don't have that group, find the group, man, because I'm sorry, but I know some people think money is the root of all evil, not the people listening to this show. We're not here to be a little pebble making a little ripple in the pond. We're trying to be freaking meteors, right? trying to create some massive wake for good. So uh, that's what Ed's doing. That's what I'm doing. That's what we're all doing. So with that, this has been Ed Byler, Brian Lubin, Action Academy Podcast, signing off. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Action Academy podcast. If you've gotten to this point where you're listening to my voice, that means that you have completed the entire episode, which I'm assuming and hoping that means that you got massive amounts of value from the show and you really enjoyed this episode. So I need your help, you specifically. We are on a mission to grow this show to a million downloads in 2022, and I can only do that with your help to share, to like, to leave a rating and a review, even just a rating would take two seconds. You go down and click the star button, just click five stars, and then that helps grow the show. So help me share the show on your socials. It would be greatly appreciated. Follow me on Action Academy Podcast on Instagram. And let's really help spread this message to as many people as possible to help them and change their lives. Thank you very much. Look forward to speaking to you next week.